Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Happy September, folks, and welcome to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. I am Graham Jesus Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and are as excited for AEW All Out Weekend as I am. I am actually currently, as this goes up, am in Chicago for the pay-per-view weekend, which I'm super looking forward to, Alexis and I both. Um, I'm recording this on Wednesday. This is going up on Thursday. We got All Out on Sunday. We're talking all about the pay-per-view here on today's show. Me and Mr. Marceau both breaking down, doing predictions for Sunday show. That's coming up. And also my exclusive interview with one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Matt Riddle, or Riddle as he's just known as now. Um, it made the rounds this past week in all the wrestling dirt sheets, news wrestling websites, whatever. Um, apparently, reportedly, according to Meltzer, Riddle's comments in our interview for Bleach Report last Friday got Riddle in some hot water with like the powers that be or Roman himself or whatever, even though I know he was in character and he was just bullshitting and whatever, that's Riddle. Uh, we had a really fun conversation. It was great talking to him, coming off the success of SummerSlam weekend, the uh, weekend prior, two weeks ago at this point. But yeah, so that interview initially went up on my YouTube channel on audio form, youtube.com backslash Graham G.S. and Matthews. Uh, subscribe there. We're almost at 25,000 subscribers. So please help us reach that milestone. That would be awesome. And, um, yeah, the audio went up there initially last Friday. So you can catch all these interviews before they go live here on the show. You can catch them on my YouTube channel before they go live here on WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday. Be sure to subscribe there. Follow me on Twitter at WrestleRant and find me on Facebook as well at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. Also, be sure to find new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. So without further ado, enjoy my exclusive interview with one half of the Raw Tag Team Champions, Riddle. Graham Jason Matthews here from Bleach Report. We got on the line the new Raw Tag Team Champion talking SummerSlam and so much more. Riddle, what's going on, man? How are you? Bro, I'm chilling. I'm actually in Stamford, Connecticut. I just did the bump with my new championship that I won with Randy Orton at SummerSlam. One of the biggest pay-per-views ever, 51,000 in attendance, breaking sales records, all the records, bro. Dude, did you see how many RK Bro shirts were there? It was insane. And dude, yeah, so, dude, just stallion times. Just, and I've just been on the grind, so yeah. Sorry, I'm excited. I'm always excited. Thanks for having me, bro. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I was going to say I was there in Vegas. I saw a lot of Arca Bro shirts. I mean, I'm sure that was part of the reason why, like you just said, highest grossing, most viewed SummerSlam of all time. Is there any coincidence there? Because this is your first SummerSlam. You've been on the main roster now. You've been on Raw and SmackDown for the last year and a half. Any coincidence that the most viewed SummerSlam, the highest grossing SummerSlam, just so happens to be your first as well? You know... I'm not I'm not here to brag. You know what I'm saying? But all I'm saying is RK Bro was there. We were in full fact. We opened the show. Dude, we won the tag team championships. And yeah, I would have said we had a part. We played a part. When you put Randy with Riddle, Randy and Riddle, RK Bro, the original stallions, the original gangsters, bro. <laughs> and it's just dude, we, we just we bring it, we bring it to the table, and we bring that entertainment to the table, you know? And I mean, dude, SummerSlam, that event was insane. Like, I've been to Vegas for fights, I've fought the UFC, you know, I've done it all. But I don't think I've ever been a part of something that large, that huge, that just, that magnitude, that's mm -hmm. a word, 
the magnitude of that event with 51,000 people, like you said, like highest viewed SummerSlam, highest grossing SummerSlam. People were selling merch. People were buying hot wings. It was insane. Like everybody <laughs> made money. It was fantastic. And, and uh, that's yeah. and that's what it's about, bro. So yeah. And when the show starts, you're the first person that people see on the main card. You're the first entrance on the show. So I got to ask you, we see you every single week on TV. I, I thought you were from Pennsylvania, but you're billed from Las mm-hmm. Vegas. So why are you well, billed from Vegas? Are you from Vegas? Clarify that for me, please. So, so let me clarify this. I was born, born in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Right? But then I lived in Las Vegas for about seven years. Oh, okay. Maybe eight years. Mm-hmm. And I met my wife there. I had my three kids there. Mm-hmm. I started my UFC career there. So for me, and it's more so because they say from Las Vegas, but it's more for me, like when I thought MMA, I said you're born in Allentown for fighting out of Las Vegas for that. Mm-hmm. So well, I look at it like that. I'm born in Allentown, but I'm fighting out of oh, Las Vegas. Nevada. Okay. That makes and, sense. I still hold it near and dear. I did most of my mixed martial arts training there. But mm-hmm. I still feel like I represent that city. Plus, you know, my wife's from there, so, mm-hmm. and you know, and get kids, so I feel like I'm a part of it. I'm a part of that area. <laughs> I was going to say. You can't meet, you can't meet a woman somewhere, have kids with them, and not, like, say, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm from Vegas, basically. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I have that argument, you know? You're a Vegas guy, Riddle. So with that being said, having won your first tag team title in WWE in Vegas at SummerSlam, no less, one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year, the biggest pay-per-view of the year so far, highest grossing SummerSlam of all time, like we just got saying, how much does that mean to you in a nutshell? It meant so much to me. It's one of those things where it seems almost surreal when I was thinking about how I met my wife and I had my family and my first UFC fight, the ultimate fighter by the Palms. And just and then to be back in that city and to see those familiar faces, to see my friends, to see my family, to see all my bros that followed me from MMA all the way down to the WWE, and for them to get to experience that experience for the 51,000 people with me and get to see where I came from, where I came from a gym with nobody in it, sweating, breaking myself time and time again, and to now be walking out strolling out on a scooter in front of the largest gate ever and does the craziest thing. It was it was amazing. It was it was serendipitous. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was it was one of the fancy words that means amazing <laughs> awesome. Because that's what it was, dude. It was it's hard for me to put it into perspective because it, in my head like I still feel like I'm going to wake up in my bed tomorrow and be like, oh, wait, that didn't happen. Because <laughs> it was that much of a, it was that much. Of, it, was, it was, I like I said, I'm still stuttering over my words. It was that much. It was such a meaningful, such a meaningful night, such a meaningful moment for you and Randy to become the new Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro. And, you know, as I mentioned before, you've been on Raw and SmackDown now for just a little over a year, not even exactly a year and a half. You only arrived in May of 2020. You're now at SummerSlam, which was awesome. Um, but only in the last month or so have we seen you in front of crowds, you know, in front of the Raw crowds, the pay-per-view crowds, stuff like that. So you're, are you used to the grind? Yeah, you talked just a second ago about waking up in your own bed tomorrow. But in the last couple of days alone, let's recap here. I mean, you were in Vegas for SummerSlam, Vegas week weekend or SummerSlam weekend, you're in Denver for a house show the next day, San Diego for Raw, you're in Stanford right now, just getting done, you know, done doing the bump. Are you used to the WWE grind yet? What are your whole thoughts on that? Funny enough, you know, people talk about the WWE grind, and I get it, but dude, I was on the indies, and when you're like the top guy on mm-hmm. the indies, like when you're as, you know, a me or a Zach Sabre or even a Keith Lee, like, when you're like the top guy... Bro, I would fly international every weekend. Mm -hmm. I was flying to, like, Mexico, Canada, or the UK, Germany, every weekend, and doing tours in America and everything else. And I was getting paid a lot less money, and I was, you know, struggling. And, yeah, this is easy. (laughs) My job is awesome. I know people complain. It's like, oh, I'm so tired. It's like, yeah, we'll get some sleep. I'm not tired. I sleep on airplanes. So, like, yeah. for me, like, I love traveling. I sleep on an airplane. I put my neck pillow on. And, yeah, dude, I embrace mm-hmm. when I start working, when I start grinding, I don't want to break. I want to just go. And in my indie career, I think I might have taken, what, one weekend off during my whole, like, five-year indie career. Wow. And then WWE, I haven't taken a day off. 
I, I have not used one vacation day since I started here. Wow. I don't. I do, like. I'm just like it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be on TV. I'd rather be wrestling. I'd rather be part of the product, part of the show. I don't want somebody to replace me while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. That's how I think. That's how I feel, and I just keep grinding. Yeah. You know? And it's paid off. Like I said, you're the new Raw Tag Team Champion, and you know, with with SummerSlam being the highest grossing of all time, the most viewed on Peacock and stuff like that, which was awesome. Say it one more time. SummerSlam <laughs> being the highest grossing. Yeah, I was part of that. Yeah, you were part of that. that. That's that's awesome. But then, so the news breaks yesterday morning. Everyone's talking about it on Tuesday morning. At the same time, Roman Reigns put out a tweet, taking all the credit for it, calling himself a legitimate, you know, needle mover. He was in a lot of hot yeah, water with fans guy, over the weekend. Guy, <laughs> honestly, that guy. No disrespect to Roman. He's seems like a spell fella but at the same time i just feel like you know when like you know when people are like oh well, i'm a good parent you know what if you were a good parent your kids would be telling me you're a good parent mm-hmm. you know so when he's saying acknowledgement or i move the needle or i do this it's like no you don't you're related to the rock shut up like <laughs> i don't care like i'm not impressed i can beat you up in a real fight so shut your mouth you're not moving needles i'm the real stallion rk bros moving the merch we're moving the needle and that's it and i that's it. I don't want to say too much. I'm not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> but that, but that's it. And hey, hats off to him. He is he's amazing at what he does. I do like I do like what he does. But at the same time it's like, hey, get off your high horse. You're in a spot because of a reason. You know, like yeah. you're not like a bro. You are second generation, dog. I'm first generation. <laughs> there's a difference between there's a I'm cut from different cloth. Yep. You know, so I don't think he gets that yet because he's always been in this little egg, this shell that he gets to play in and he gets to pretend he moves needles and stuff, but whatever. <laughs> he's got to consider it a blessing that he's on a separate show from you, dude, so he can't be crossing paths with you. He's over on SmackDown. You're watching oh, SummerSlam. Yeah. You know, you open the event. At the very close, obviously, he's in the main event. Brock comes back, too. I mean, obviously, you've talked ad nauseum about Brock over the years, yeah. Goldberg as well, well but... He, I'll be, I'm gonna say this. You know, Brock came out at the end of the end of the show. Yep. I saw a door sign say Mr. Beast, and I was like, "Who the hell is Mr. Beast?" <laughs> and I was like, "I gotta feel about Brock." Yeah, you know, uh, hey, I'm glad Brock's back. You know, fans missed him, and he's one hell of a competitor. I mean, I personally think he went for the wrong man. He went for Roman, but dude, people love that Universal Championship, so mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, hey. I think they're both, they're doing the right thing. They're staying away from me because they don't want to get hurt. So, <laughs> it's all good. I know you've spoken before about, you know, you and Goldberg, so to speak, kind of burying the hatchet a couple of weeks ago, and you saw how nice he is, mm-hmm. and he kind of congratulated you, which was super cool. Any chance we see, you think that we could see that with Brock, him coming up to you and congratulating you, or do you don't think that's going to happen? Mean, I, don't, I don't see I don't see Brock doing that. I don't even think, I, no. <laughs> I don't see Brock's the way we talk to each other when we talk to each other. He is not a fan. He thinks I'm extremely arrogant and disrespectful and etc. Yeah. Well, that being said, I mean, hey, Goldberg once thought that too, and he seemed you seem to want him over. So I guess yeah, anything can happen. I have to do this interview. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, this the driver's test to make a call quick, but don't worry, we're still talking. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I live in Connecticut too, so I mean, I, I know the area quite well, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But uh, so we talk about Brock, we talk about SummerSlam, RK Bro, dude. I mean, you're one half of the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I mean, talk to me about you and Randy Orton. What's that relationship like off screen? Is it the exact same thing that we're seeing on Raw every single week? Dude, me and Randy, we just get it. <laughs> you know, no, but we, we really enjoy each other's company. I enjoy his work. He enjoys my work. He respects me for my background in mixed martial arts and my, I think, even why Goldberg kind of respects me now. Like, he respects my passion and my grind and the amount of hard work I put in and how I don't take shortcuts. And I always want to have a hard-hitting great match. You know, so for me and Randy, when we work together, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. I think we're at different points of our career, but at the same time, mentally, we're at the same point, you know, Mm -hmm. in the sense, well, he's just so smart and he knows what he's doing. Like, literally, he just probably helps me save my job multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, but, like, I, I, I hate to sound, but, like, there's not a bad thing I can say about him. I really like Randy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he makes me happy. <laughs> he makes me a better wrestler. He makes me a better person, you know? Like the other day, like I told him I wasn't going to get home till whatever to see my wife. He goes, hey, you're what? 
And I was like, what? Like, why would I write my wife a phone? That's corny as hell. But then, like, <laughs> I mentioned to somebody, like, another girl that I work with, like, oh, my God, if you wrote your wife a phone, she would, like, melt. And I was like, shit. Like, it was on. I'm like, shoot. Like, I guess I should write a poem. Like, <laughs> but, you know, I don't think that about stuff like that. But Randy has opened me up to new things, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think that's what we do. I, I tell him about life experiences. He tells me about life experiences. And we give each other almost, like, tips there and there mm-hmm. and uh it has been a beautiful friendship relationship and uh it's been awesome teaming with randy i mean randy's like another one of those guys were not exactly like brock but there's a lot of these conceptions oh you know he's not oh, a people person you know, stuff he, like he's, that he's very much there's there's this mentality that certain uh, generation generational wrestlers have and randy goldberg brock cena they all have, it, it must have been different. Mm-hmm. It must have been different then. And even Randy mentions it and so do the other guys. Because the way I think we all work and talk and do things now is much different. Mm-hmm. But like for me, like I fought in the UFC. I can get beat up or beat somebody up. I don't care. And I respect everybody. But I feel like there's a time in the wrestling business where, you know, maybe the UFC wasn't around and, or maybe it wasn't as big. And I feel like there was a fine line, mm-hmm. you know, where like, how do you, judge or gain or gauge respect in this locker room yeah you know yeah so i think that's it and i you know and randy keeps me in line he's like hey you don't want to do this you know you might piss <laughs> this guy off and i'm like hey thanks randy you know and as you can see throughout my past of rock and goldberg and everybody i piss people off all the time <laughs> so it is what it is dude it's been great, man. You've been on the Raw roster now for a little while, and you know, obviously with RK Bro, you guys have just been arguably the best part of the show since you guys came together earlier this year, and it's rare, too. I mean, for a variety of reasons. Not everyone from who comes up from NXT always does as well as you have, and Damian Priest has, and among other people, Rhea as well. Mm. You're among that select group that's really come up and been U.S. champion, you know, or at WrestleMania defending that title, winning the tag titles at SummerSlam, and really getting, again, I was there at SummerSlam, I can attest to this, getting one of the bigger reactions than most people at SummerSlam. What's it like to be in that select group of people to come to Raw? And, you know, like you've said before in other interviews, sometimes people can be scared to come up to Raw and SmackDown. You don't know what to expect. To be one of those people to come up and be successful and do a lot of great things, what does that mean to you? It means the world to me. And I think, like you said, a lot of people worry about coming up. My thing is, I didn't, like, now that I don't like NXT, but my goal was never NXT. Mm-hmm. NXT chair. My goal was main roster, WWE. I'm trying to be on Raw. Like, even, I like that I don't like SmackDown, but, like, my goal, even when I got called up at first, I wanted to go to Raw. Like, I grew up <laughs> watching Raw. Yeah. Raw is war. The war zone, baby. You know, like, I wanted to be on that product. It's something that's near and dear to me. And I think for me, one, like you said, I'm granted. I, I'm stoked that I'm in the position I'm in. I'm being used the way I am and everything else. But I think somebody... Our goal wasn't NXT. I think a lot of people's goal is... You know, they kind of set themselves up for certain things. Mm-hmm. My goal was to be a main roster superstar. Rhea Ripley's goal was to be a main roster superstar. Damian Priest's goal was to be a main roster superstar. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why we're having the success we're having because we didn't, not that we didn't mind the steps to get here, but our goal was this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of people were happy with NXT. Mm-hmm. You know, wanted to almost make NXT bigger than it was. My goal was to always use it as a stepping stone to get to WWE. Yeah. No, it makes sense, man. I mean, regardless of what people think about Raw, it is the biggest stage in WWE, and that's where you are now, like I said, and you were involved in the main event this past week, facing AJ Styles, of all people, and picking up a win over him, which is crazy. Um, in the last year or so that hey, you've been on bro, Raw... Whoa, 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 how crazy is it, man? <laughs> I'm a stallion, bro. You saying I can't beat AJ? No, I'm kidding, but yeah. It is crazy. It's awesome, bro. It's so cool. It's so cool, and it was a great match to boot, so it's, you know, great things all around, but, and, you know, yeah. in the last year that we've seen you on Raw, and like you said, you started off on SmackDown. We've seen kind of various incarnations of yourself. Obviously, you're, you're you know riddled to the core. You're very much yourself in real life, it seems, that you are on TV. Um, but, you know, okay. it's, it's varying degrees, seeing what works from different dialogue and different stuff in your matches, changing the name, all these different things. And ultimately, you turned out successful. But is there any one piece of advice or any one change that you got from like a Vince McMahon, for example, that really stuck with you, that's really worked out well for you so far? Huh. You know, if anything, 
I used to be a firm believer to do something, ask for forgiveness later. Mm-hmm. That was my kind of mentality. After talking to Randy and stuff, I ask before I do things. Especially <laughs> in certain... Yeah, you know, you're laughing. But like, yeah. It's true. Like the other day, I grew out my facial hair at SummerSlam to look like Randy. I had the mustache and the flavor saver and a goatee. <laughs> and I colored it in so it was really dark so you could see it. Yeah. I showed Randy and he died laughing, but he's like, you had to run that by Vince. Yeah. You know, you can't go out there like that. Like, you can't go to Gorilla like that. He, if he doesn't like it, he'll be bad. Mm. So I took Randy's advice. I talked to other people which said, oh, just do it. And I was like, no, <laughs> yeah, talk to Vince. Yeah. And I talked to Vince and he told me, hey, I think it's hilarious, but I want you to be yourself. I want you to be you. So take it off. And I was like, for sure. So I think that's the biggest thing I've learned because before that, I'm, I'm a big person on, do something, ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But after that, I think it's, I can do that sometimes, but I think when it comes to certain things, especially on big stages like SummerSlam when you've got 1,000 people there, you ask the boss. Yeah. No, that makes you sense. Know? Yeah, you don't want to get canned. I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. Especially in times like these, you don't want to be one of the people on the chopping block for something so silly too. So I totally no, understand no. that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you know me from my UFC experience. I was on a four-point win streak and got the, we all learn from experience there might have been some underlying circumstances as well but still <laughs> one of my fights got cut so i you know me i think and also because of that i'm very you know i'm very protective i try to do the right thing mm-hmm. all the time so yeah but you know sometimes you ask yeah no it's it's a great piece of advice we all learn from experience and last question for you man i've always been curious dating back to a couple of months ago i think this maybe was back in march or whatever it was just a great segment you and oscar backstage seemingly forgot your lines was that a shoot what was that all about well i'll tell you this when i got back to the locker room randy orton just before rk bro was a team he came up to me and goes hey brittle i don't know if that was planned hey kid i don't know if that was planned but uh Best promo yet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, if I'm being honest, that was not what was written. (laughs) Uh, They had me talking about like robot fights and Tokyo Underground battle bots. There was a lot there. And in my defense, I was far away and they like waved me over and I thought it was just a reverse. Mm Mm-hmm. So I roll up and I'm like, yeah, yeah, da, da, da. And I'm like, you like, you like scooters? You, you, you want a scooter? Okay. I, I forgot what I was saying. I roll <laughs> up, right? And as I roll up, I see everybody behind the camera, like, kind of spastically waving me out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, was that live? And I mouth, I'm like, is that live? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, like I thought I messed up so bad. I'm like, shoot, I can't believe I did that. But then Bruce Britt, everybody thought it was it was better than what was written for me, you know? <laughs> because, and to be fair, I'm surprised I haven't done it in this interview. A lot of times I just I forget what I'm talking about all the time. <laughs> I, I do it. It's part of my characteristics. Like, yep. So it, it's really worked out for me. And in that situation, WWE knows me in real life. Like all these guys have hung out with me and met me and this stuff and the other thing. So they, uh, they understand, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious, yeah, man. That was, I, I completely forgot what I was saying. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Oh, that's so that great. And it was it was like a turning yeah. point. Right after that, you guys became a team, you and Orton on TV. So maybe that was re- what really kicked off all the success. Who wouldn't knows, you know, who knows what would have happened otherwise. But, oh, man, that's amazing. But you are coming off of SummerSlam, highest grossing, most viewed SummerSlam of all time, man. New Raw Tag Team Champion alongside Randy Orton. Crazy stuff. Riddle, this has been such a blast, man. Thanks so much for the time, and best of luck with everything going forward. Hey, thanks for having me, bro, and have a great day and great week, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You too. Enjoy the rest of CT while you're here. We'll do. I'm actually flying out now. <laughs> Enjoy the airport, I guess. Yeah, blue, baby. There you go, man. Safe flight. Take care. I'll catch you down the road. Big thanks again to Riddle for the time. Thoroughly enjoyed chatting with him. If you noticed, I actually got a chance to do an intro this time, which I never usually do with the WWE talent. We just kind of jump right in the conversation when they call me up. Um, I did a bit of a formal intro that was not pre-recorded, so I'm hoping to do that more 
you know, going forward with any interview I do with any uh, anyone from WWE and elsewhere. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my interview with Matt Riddle. It's also up in article form right now on Bleach Report. Check that out and more interviews and content to come in article form and in video form as well, specifically over at YouTube.com. Once again, backslash Graham GSM Matthews. Without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Marceau to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly from Monday's Raw in addition to previews and predictions for Sunday's AEW All-Out Pay-Per-View card. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. We're going to talk all about All-Out coming up on Sunday first, and not really first and foremost. I want to save that for the end because it's a loaded card. we got nine matches advertised, actually ten if you include the pre-show, um, all of which we'll get into. We'll offer uh, previews, predictions, picks, and everything for the entire advertised card for All-Out. But before then, like I said, I do want to get into a little bit about Raw for Monday. Um, not too much has happened this past week in wrestling. It's been a quiet week heading into All-Out. Uh, not many major you know, announcements or happenings, and if they have happened, and I just don't remember, I'll, I'll, you know, probably bring it up to you later, but uh, Raw for Monday, you caught the overall show, I would imagine, the full show, from what you saw, what did you enjoy, what did you hate, what were your overall thoughts on, on Raw for Monday, just to get some WWE talk in here a little bit. I thought it was a pretty good show on Monday, um, I like the uh, pre-starting off, and then the triple threat going on uh, a little later on the night, I thought it made pre seem like a bigger deal with Drew being involved and kicking off the show always kind of makes you seem like if you're tuning in like this person's definitely a bigger deal of kicking off the show so I think they've done well with Priest that we've bitched and complained about plenty of people having a terrible call up but I think they've done very well with Damian Priest so I think that was definitely a bright spot on Raw um I mean Jinder's fallen pretty far and pretty fast I know you're his biggest supporter but I mean, he went from <laughs> With feuding with Drew McIntyre, who's one of the most over guys in the company, that moving mm-hmm. to let me check my notes, the Viking Raiders, who <laughs> haven't won a match that meant anything in probably their whole WWE career. So, the how the mighty has fallen for poor Jinder. Um, <laughs> I like the Nikki Ash Rhea stuff. I mean, it's not ideal, but I think it could work. It's kind of like we'll see what goes. I mean, the tag team division's not the greatest, so hopefully they don't get stuck in there, but. I guess if you're not going to feud for the title, the main title, I guess the tag team can be a little diversion. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, Shayna losing again. I mean, LOL. Via a roll-up, no less. Oh, Another roll-up. But it is, honestly, at this point, unfortunately. Uh, Naya? Jesus, I just don't understand. Like, can we please stop with Naya? I just, <laughs> I don't understand their obsession with her. She's not good. And she beat Charlotte, which made no sense. I'm just... Please stop, Nia. Uh, Karen Cross, another big win. I mean, the, the, the helmet is really dumb. Um, I understand that the, the whole marketing and branding thing, but, like, I just, the whole, the helmet is dumb. It doesn't serve a purpose. I just don't get the helmet. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a goofball. He looks like, like a 1980s cheesy villain. And, yes, he takes it off and he gets in the ring, but the whole presentation is just stupid. Just have him come out normal and, like. Yeah, well, he still has the suspenders on when he wrestles, too. Yeah, the suspenders. I mean, I'll deal with the suspenders. I can deal with those. The helmet's so dumb. I think the helmet's the worst part. Yeah, it the is. Deal with his shorts. Like the short. Like why can't you just wear like like the like the flowy like like medieval shorts? Is that not good enough marketing? Like I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see everyone else like in a stupid helmet costume. But guess that's what it is. And then I mean Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. Jesus Christ. Um, so are they continuing that now, or do you think they're probably saving that for Crown Jewel or further? It seems like they're seem, like seemingly doing Crown Jewel because I mean Randy RKO'd uh, Bobby on on Monday. So. Yeah. But I, I'm hoping it's just I mean the, the exclusive interview I saw with Goldberg and he was like, oh, I'm I'm not going for the title. I'm hoping they just <laughs> do him and Bobby, maybe just like a grudge, and then he can beat Bobby and can move on because I don't need him winning the championship or something, but. <laughs> You see the comments on that video? People were like, listen, he said that he doesn't want the championship. Make sure you people write, write that fucking down. Like, he does not want the championship. Like, Seriously, it's you know the worst I mean? possible outcome. Yeah. I mean, listen, if they want to do it, like I told you last week, Goldberg and Gage versus Lashley and MVP might be worse than Charlotte and Nia from Monday, but it would prevent the championship from being on the line, and it would prevent Lashley from eating an unnecessary pin. So... I don't know. We'll see where they go with it. But you mentioned it right there. Lashley and Orton likely the direction they're going in for extreme roles for the WWE title. Um, yay or nay? Because personally, I'm a fan of that. Random, but I like it. 
I like it. It's random, but uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of spotlights. Even though they just won the tag team titles, Randy's going into a singles feud for the main title. So <laughs> I know. just kind of outlining how bad the tag team division is. Even though the Viking Raiders did win on the show and the main event scene, really too. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but I like it's. I mean, it's not something new because we've seen Randy in the title picture so often. But now that he's a baby face, I guess it it can change a little bit. And I think Lashley needs more bigger wins, so beating Randy Orton always is a, a nice notch in the belt. Yeah, well, they've never done Lashley and Orton before. They may have had one match, like in 07, I think I saw. Like, WWE uploaded a match between the two, like from fucking ECW, like a decade and a half ago. But other than that, they have yet to face off since Lashley came back to the company. So it's a fresh match. Like you said, it doesn't exactly speak well to the tag team division or WWE title scene that they have to do that. But, hey, you know what? It's, it, it's probably best-case scenario because... They were teasing Sheamus. I like Sheamus, but the whole heel and heel dynamic, it just doesn't make sense. I don't see... Sheamus can be at that level, but they just haven't booked him to be at that level. Orton is always like a main event player no matter what, so I can see him going for the championship. Um, Priest would be nice, but I just don't want Priest to be there quite yet. But to go back to what you mentioned earlier, to kind of go full circle here with the Priest thing, you mentioned how they've actually booked him properly. We've talked here on the show before about how they actually got him right. I mean, when he came to the main roster, the Royal Rumble, like, did they give him, like, a fucking... Did they baptize him or something? Did they give him a vaccine for bad booking? Like, how the hell have they got him right? And a few others. I don't I don't want to say they haven't, you know, they haven't ruined a Rhea Ripley or a Bianca, you know, some weird booking decisions, but they're, you know, still over and whatever. But for the men, anyway, I mean, him, Riddle, to an extent as well, um, have done amazingly well. It's actually quite crazy that they've done as well as they have. And Priest was a guy, you go back on the archives, check the archives, Mr. Marceau, two years ago, we couldn't have given two fucks about this guy. And he's like, I mean, listen, I like Priest in, in Ring of Honor and shit, his punishment Martinez, but he just he just wasn't overly exciting. But when he started being himself in NXT, that was really when he took off, I think. Yeah, I just, the thing with him is I think a lot of other guys that we were like, oh, how can you mess him up? I mean, he's a big guy, which they obviously like. He can speak well. I mean, that's all. some of the people that we thought are... Un- he doesn't have an accent, which is helpful. I mean, they hate accents, so usually those people are screwed. <laughs> um, and I just think he's a, like he seems like a badass. He's got the cool vibe. He's a little bit different than most other people. Um, I think he's good in the ring. and I, I just think he's a lot more. Di- he's a lot different than these other people that like... Yeah, we think they're unflawable, but like someone like Shinsuke, they're like, well, he can't speak English, so that doesn't help him. Andrade, the same reason. Alistair Black, I feel like him and Damian Priest are similar enough that, I mean, surprising. I think, obviously, he's bigger than Alistair, but I mean, I think they're pretty similar. I mean, their character arc, their, mm-hmm. their style. Um, I mean, Priest is a little bit bigger, but besides that, there's not too much difference between them. So I guess you could say that one's kind of puzzling if they're going to book Priest strong line when they do the same with Alistair, but. I guess the size could be a factor there, but I mean, he's done well. And like you said, they might've gave him the good booking vaccine, but, uh, I like it. I'm, I'm glad he's doing well. And I think people can relate to him and he, people seem to enjoy him and he's done well. Yeah. And he's getting over and that was a great match. That was my favorite part of the whole show. I enjoyed the tag team title main event, but that triple throw with him, McIntyre and Sheamus was probably one of the best matches I've seen in raw all year. So hopefully they can continue the trend and, uh, you know, hopefully he can continue to trend upwards because he's done great work so far. And WWE, to their credit, has handled him very well, so which has been very refreshing to see. But let's get it all out coming up this weekend. Um, this Sunday, I've got a stack card of 10 matches, including the Casino Brat, uh, Battle Royale with the women on the pre-show, the buy-in with the winner, um, earning a future opportunity at the AEW Women's World Championship. Last year's All Out, Mr. Marceau, we watched together at Alexis's place. Not a very eventful, exciting show. <laughs> Probably the worst AEW pay-per-view I've ever seen. Going into Sunday as we speak right now, before we get into each match and whatnot, um, what are, are your overall expectations for the biggest crowd in the AEW show at, at an AEW pay-per-view since early 2020 with Revolution? I think it's going to be a good show. I mean, I think there'll be some positives. I think we'll get some good debuts or surprises, so that's always good. Um, I think some of the matches should be really well. Some of them kind of seem kind of forced and random but i think we'll get a good show i mean i we we, we talk about it every time we talk I, I mean i think we'd be lying if we would say we're not disappointed that it's not hangman and omega i think mm-hmm. that's whatever obviously has seems like his wife's about to have a kid or just had a kid so that makes sense but i just feel like they tease it in a direction and kind of pulled it away which which kind of i mean 
it's not like they just found out that she's gonna have a kid. I mean, it takes nine months for that to happen. So, unless they did, and that's terrible. So, I I just wish they didn't tease to go in that direction. I like Christian, but I feel like he, they wouldn't even be the main event because it just seems like another random Omega feud, which we've gotten pretty much all of 2021. So, we'll see what happens. But I think it's I think it's gonna be a, a, a good show. It won't be like last year's, at least hopefully not. I mean, last year's show, like I said, went to Alexis's house. I had to leave early. Show was like 70 hours long. So. Hopefully this year will be better. Hopefully no one will fall off us off a forklift and get a concussion, and <laughs> someone will fall off the orange juice. I mean, this year seems like it'll be a brighter show. Oh my god, I remember that. Holy shit, I totally forgot about that Matt Hardy incident. Holy shit, yeah, that was awful. And that that <laughs> Mimosa Mayhem match was a mess too. So I'm hoping this will be a better show. There there are matches on the show that are a bit more random than others, but uh, from an in ring standpoint, it should be a really good show. So. Let's start with the buy-in here. 21-woman Casino Battle Royale AEW Women's World Championship on the line here. They've already announced, I think, 13 of the women that are going to be in it. Uh, Kira Hogan, which is cool. I don't think she's signed yet, but she's going to be in it. Jade Cargill, uh, your favorite Emi, uh, what's her name? Sakura, I think is how you pronounce her name. And the Freddie Mercury cosplayer, fucking terrible. She'll be in it. Um, Akurashita, Red Velvet, Penelope before Diamante, Ty Conti, Julia Hart, Big Spool, The Bunny, Thunder Rosa, and Nyla Rose. Eight women to be determined. Probably more on Dynamite. We're recording this before Dynamite, so they're probably going to announce more on Wednesday night. Uh, based off of those women, likely entrance, you know, Ruby Soho was a very popular name. Um, her 90-day, I think, expired. I'm pretty sure it expired, um, like, yesterday or something. So she could very well be in the thing. I honestly expect her to be. We have that Joker card that was pulled by Mercedes Martinez two years ago in the Casino Battle Royale. She could be in it. She's a free agent now, apparently. Um, or should be by Sunday. So, Mr. Marceau, who do you see coming out in this thing, or coming out on top in this thing, and also who do you see being some surprise entrance in this Casino Battle Royale for the women? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's pretty much, like you said, nail in the coffin that it'll be uh, Ruby Soho won't debut. And I think it's a great get for them. I think they need more established women. I, I think she was great. I, I just, I think she could have been more in WWE. I just feel like they also did have a lot of big-time players that I just don't think they would have put her over, unfortunately. Um, maybe she could have used some more time in NXT, but, um, no, I, th- I think she'll be a great, if she's a joker, I think that would get the, a big pop out of the crowd. Um, I think there's probably plenty of other people from, I know they did the NWA thing, so I think there's could be some people from there that you could have surprised and maybe like a Mickey James would be great. Um, but. Oh, Mickey James the, would be awesome. I didn't really think Mickey about that. Mickey James yeah. would be great. I mean, it seems like she's very anti WWE right now, so <laughs> get her in there would be a, a big one. Um, but I, I mean, maybe the Iconics, I don't know what their non-compete is. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people would even give a shit about them, but I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, as for the match, I mean, it's a tough to say who would win. I mean, I think if you'd have like Ruby debut there, I feel like she should win. Um, but I'm just like Jade Cargo. I feel like she would probably be my betting favorite, but I just feel like they also, like, since she's been on Dynamite, I don't think I've seen her on Dynamite since the whole Shaq stuff, so they do pump her up, but I feel like I've barely seen her, so it would seem kind of random if she won, uh, but then you, how are you going to eliminate her, so unless they do, like, the whole big show and have everyone eliminate her, you'd, you'd probably have to make her strong at that point, so I'll go with Ruby, but I'd say my dark horse is Jade. I was going to say if Jade wins and that presents, because, let, well, let's be honest here, um, Friggin' Britt Baker's probably winning, so maybe it's it's a better royal, so she can be eliminated and be protected here, and maybe you kick off her next feud. I don't really know who else you have win it. Um, if it's not Ruby Soho, which would be cool. The thing is, though, she can be in it, but she doesn't have to win it because I don't. Eh, maybe they could have Ruby win, but then she loses to Britt. But then, like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I don't. I don't know if I would do that right off the bat. I would save that for later down the road. And it should be Thunder Rosa taking the uh, taking the belt off of her. Thunder's not winning, right? You don't see her winning here and then getting the title shot soon. They're probably saving that match for a couple months down the road. Yeah, I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't have Thunder Rosa winning. I think she's established enough. You can get her back. Um, I don't think she needs to win here. I, I just, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going Jade. I mean, like you said, I guess you could have Ruby win, but I just feel like she would just lose right. To, would lose it, and I guess you could have Jade hold off until a little bit later on, but. Yep. I'm going to go off on a limb here and say Ty Conti. I think Ty Conti could win. Um, we could see Britt and Ty Conti maybe at the New York City show or before then, after then, whatever. 
Um, I could see that happening. I would pop for Hardcore Country. That would be pretty cool. She's been all over the place. She's been in Impact. She was in NWA recently. Uh, that's kind of where she works now. But if I if I heard Hardcore Country on Sunday, I would definitely pop. So um, we'll see. But that's who I see going over on Sunday. We talk about random matches. So we'll start with this. No real storyline build at all. John Moxley and Kojima from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, the only reason why I know who Kojima is is because he was in Impact recently. He's like a New Japan legend. I don't follow them at all, really, for the most part. I know the big, big names. Uh, I really do not know much of him at all, aside from the recent stint he had in Impact. Um, I assume this was a spot that was originally intended for Tanahashi, but Tanahashi can't make it. They have they, they need him over in Japan for a show or whatever, so that didn't work out because they heavily teased that, and now they're just not delivering it. Uh, Moxley wanted someone from New Japan, I believe, reportedly, so we got Kojima instead. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously Moxley's winning, but what are your thoughts on this thing? I mean, it, listen, it should be a good match. From what I know of, of Kojima and have seen from him, it should be fine, but when you talk about random matches on this card, and we had a lot of random matches at All Out last year, this is one of them to me that really defines random. Like, this is just bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about Kojima, like, you, like you're saying. I mean, I don't watch Impacts. So I don't even know him from that. They did tease Tanahashi. I mean, they had that vignette, and it basically was teasing that probably him and Moxley at at uh, at all out. Like you said, something must have came up. But I don't know. This match is so. It's like it seems like a like the pay per views that AEW did before they actually kicked off Dynamite. Like, they just have like random matches on there, mm-hmm. kind of it up, and that's what this kind of seems like. Just like a random match just to get Moxley on there. Um, I mean, he's pretty directionless right now, so we'll see what happens after this. If maybe if they kind of go back towards Tanahashi was available down the line, but even then it still, still seems like Moxie's kind of doing random stuff right now. It doesn't really have a clear direction. Could you see someone else from New Japan showing up and attacking Moxley to make up for it, like a Will Ospreay or a Jay White or someone like that, maybe? I mean, it's possible, but mm, I don't know. I feel like I don't know. I feel like Moxley has other things they can do once this pay-per-view is over. So I, I wouldn't just, like, wrap him up immediately because I feel like there's other people that you could have him feud with. Like Miro for the TNT title? Miro. I feel like Punk could be somewhere in the in the distant future. You could have him and Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, you would turn him... I, w- I would turn him heel at some point in the near future, personally. Who? Uh, Moxley. Moxley. Yeah. Yeah, I think he should go heel. Yeah, I think he's better off as a heel. Not, he's been a good baby face, but, you know, with Punk and Brian coming in and likely as baby faces, they should probably... Uh, I should probably turn him. Paul White making his in-ring debut for AEW. The fact that I'm going to an AEW show where Big Show is making his first match or having his first match in AEW is just absolute pure comedy. Um, he's facing QT Marshall, no less. Now, we've said this before. On one hand, I am happy he's facing someone that he can easily beat, and it's not like a Darby Allen or a Lance Archer or someone like that that he shouldn't be beating. I just don't give two fucks about the match. Having QT lose the other week, the guy's a loser, but they lost, he lost a fucking... Austin Gunn, Colton Gunn, who cares? Um, about a week or two on Dynamite. So the match is what it is. It's obviously just there to get Paul White in the ring as an attraction. I feel like they should have just done this on Dynamite itself and, and done something else with, uh, I don't know, get Lance Archer on the show or whatever as opposed to Paul White. This doesn't really feel that big of a deal to me, no pun intended. Uh, Paul White wins LOL, but what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, this is completely random. It, it's been built up terribly. QT's been portrayed as a loser, so I don't know why we're supposed to care about Big Show's big debut against him. Like you said, he just lost a Colton Gun last week on Dynamite, but he got rolled up. I mean, <laughs> not even like they were like, oh, he got destroyed by Big Show. Like he was like 500 feet away at the now it's stable. Well, it wasn't, it, like, it, it, it was a distraction roll up. It was a poor distraction roll up, because like you said, was, for the reasons you just mentioned, it was terrible. Yeah. And if this is not a Paul White. Uh, Whatever his stupid punches, if he doesn't just punch him once and pin him, then it's a waste of time. Like, QT's a joke. Just do the fucking big punch and end it. Well, you don't want to see this go 10 minutes? All right, this should go... If this goes more than 10 seconds, I'll fast forward. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this has got to be short, sweet, straight to the point. Win for Paul White, LOL. Let's move on here. Um, give Paul White a couple of squash wins just to have him lose to, like, a Lance Archer or a Wardlow or someone like that so it means something. Um, other than that, though, going to be there myself. This is the bathroom break of the show, and I never leave to pee. I never leave my seat, but I'm going to have to for this one. I just don't care. Um, Pac versus Andrade El Idolo has been quietly building in the undercard of AEW right now. 
Um, this one could go either way. Andrade. He's only had one match in AEW so far, so I'd be a little surprised if he loses. I mean, I could see Pac winning too, but this is all about who, you know, where the allegiance lies with the Lucha Bros. Currently, they're with Pac. Maybe they switch sides at some point. Your thoughts in the feud, Mr. Marceau, and who you see going over here between Pac and Andrade El Idolo? I think it's, I think it's a nice little feud because it's like something that's not over the title, but I mean, the kind of story of it, they're going after. It's not like I like the Lucha Bros, but it's not like they're like this dominant tag team. You want on their side? They haven't really won much since they've been a tag team, and I just feel like it's it's something. I guess like you said, it kind of at least there's something behind it. It's not just a random match, but it's more the fact they feel like whoever wins, it's like where do you go from here? I, yeah. I, I don't. I just like you said. I just don't think Andrade's gonna lose. Like he just debuted. I feel like if you want to keep him strong, you gotta have him keep winning here. But then if he wins, what do you do from there? It's very heel centric. I feel like at the top. So if he wins, what do you do from there? Yeah. But then if Andrade wins, then you have Pack lose, or then you have Andrade losing already. So it, it's definitely tough. I feel like with the top champions being all heels, it's really not easy to have a heel win over. And then you say, what do you do now? Like, you can do him and Moxley? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, him and Archer? No. Um, this is not an easy one. I, 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 Darby? But I feel like Darby's going to lose to Punk, so. No, what do you mean? He's going to get put over. <laughs> we'll say. We'll that a little bit, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll say Andrade should win here. I mean, he should win. If he didn't win, I wouldn't be too surprised, but. I mean, he just debuted. I think he should be winning here. Um, Pac's great and all, but, I mean, you got to – I think he's one of those people that you don't need – like, he's been protected enough since he's been in AEW that, I mean, he doesn't need, he doesn't need the win here. Yeah. I think if you want to solidify more big-time players, you should have Andrade win here, but – yeah, I completely agree. I feel like he's, like you said, he's been protected enough where him losing here isn't that big of a deal. Andrade's got to win clean or whatever. Maybe Chavito interferes, whatever. I don't know. Uh, this should be fun, though. They're both great. I don't know if they've ever gone one-on-one before, so this should be a great match if given the time it deserves. Uh, Miro, Eddie Kingston. I mean, it's a complete opposite. No real feud here at all. I'm looking forward to the match. I like Eddie Kingston a lot. I've liked what they've done with Miro. <clears throat> the thing with Miro is that Another guy that's been protected, but he has absolutely nothing going for him as far as storylines go. I don't know if that's what they want out of the TNT title. Like, whoever's the TNT champion, they can't have, like, actual feuds. But I feel like we haven't seen an actual feud over that championship in close to a year. I mean, Miro's just been doing... If he's not a, if, if he's on Dynamite, he's not doing a whole lot. He's facing Lee Johnson and fucking Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman, whatever. Um... I don't know. I think mean, this should be a good match. I like Eddie Kingston. Him getting a token title win would be cool, but I just don't feel like it's the right time to be taking the belt off of Miro. So I'm going to say Miro wins here. But again, it's one of those matches where it feels like they just booked it to get both guys in the card because it literally came together like a week or two ago. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I like Miro. I think he's been doing better since he got away from Pip, Pip and Penelope. Uh, Kip and Penelope. Jesus. Pip. I got him. I, got him, I was going to say Pip and Capelli, and he saw those all mixed <laughs> Always how that happens sometimes, but yeah, once he got away from Kip and Penelope, he's done a lot better. But like you said, he also has been extremely directionless. Maybe that's like you said, that's what they're trying to do. But I mean, you can make a couple feuds matter. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like very just weird that they just have a title that has no storylines, just random people fight because it's not even like they build up Eddie Kingston the shit. Like, why should he get a title win? Like, like why should he even get a title shot? Yeah, he's uh, been doing tag team title stuff lately. And I feel like even those other people, like you said, he's rusty fight, like Lee Johnson and other random people that are never really on the show. So it's not even like they're justifying to get a title shot. So it is what it is. But I, I, if, if Miro lost here, I'd be pretty concerned. I like Eddie Kingston as well, but I just don't think he deserves a title win right now. He hasn't really done a lot to deserve it. No, he's been doing the tag team stuff for the better part of the year with Moxley and the Lucha Bros. And I don't know. I feel like he's just... um. I like Eddie Kingston a lot, and they built it up to mean something. Maybe the feud continues. Maybe he wins in New York City in a few weeks on Dynamite. That's a possibility, but I just don't think now is the time, so I would have Miro win. I, I would rather see Miro lose, honestly, to like a Jungle Boy or a Dart, not a Darby, but uh, there was someone else I was thinking of. Jungle Boy or... Sammy Guevara? Yeah, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So either one of those two guys I think would be perfect. Preferably Sammy, although I like Jungle Boy a lot. Um, and Jungle Boy's not on the show. Neither is Sammy Guevara, so... That's the thing. It's, it's it's a really weird show because they have a great roster. And again, I'm looking forward to the show. I think we said before it's a stacked show. But, like, 
You don't have Sammy on the card. You don't have Jungle Boy, who's one of the most over guys in the roster. You don't have Malachi Black. You don't have Lance Archer. You can't get everyone on the show. I'm not going to say, oh, they should all be in the pay-per-view. I mean, it's not... One of my biggest problems with AEW in the past and WWE is that they try to get everyone on the fucking show. And that's why we end up with, like, 12-man tag team matches. Um, but it is a little weird. It is a little strange that Sammy's not on the show after being one of the hottest guys in the company lately. Jungle Boy 2. Uh, Malachi Black has showed up. Yeah, I know the Cody Rhodes thing kind of fucked him up because he had to leave early. They probably would have saved it for the pay-per-view. But then, hey, you know what? Then again, though, I would be sitting here complaining if they added him and Lee Johnson to the pay-per-view. Maybe they'll do that in the dark for the pre-show tapings or something. But thank God that's not on the show. I love Malachi Black, but him and Lee Johnson, who could possibly give two fucks? Well, no one. I mean, because I feel like you could have, like, I would rather see Malachi Black versus Dustin than Paul White and and then QT. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, Paul White and QT Marshall should be that, that should be on Dynamite tonight, to be honest with you. Like, tonight they're doing... Brian Cage is another one. He's not on the show. Ricky Starks, Howard... None of the Team Taz stuff is on All Out. They're doing it tonight instead. Which, again, they have a lot of shit going on, so I get it. They can't get everyone on the show. Again, though, I would rather see Powerhouse Hobbs and Brian Cage at All Out than Paul White and QT Marshall, but that's just me. Uh, women's Championship, we kind of talked about it earlier, but Dr. Britt Baker, DMD versus Chris Statlander, AEW Women's World Championship here. Uh, Got to be a clear-cut win for Baker, right? Statlander's been undefeated all year. I like Statlander, but it's just not the time to, for uh, for Baker to be dropping the belt right now. Yeah, I think this is a clear-cut win for Baker, hopefully. I like Baker a lot. Um, Statlander doesn't do a ton for me, but, mm-hmm. I mean, they have built her up strong enough. She deserves the title shot, um, but I don't think she should be the one to take the belt up, Brett, so... I have Brett winning here. Yeah, this is a pretty filler feud for Baker. I mean, again, it makes sense. It's better than putting her in there with friggin', uh, I don't know. They already did Red Velvet on TV, but, like, Big Swole has been on TV all year. Her getting a random title shot would be weird. So, Statlander makes sense, but Baker's got to win here for sure. <clears throat> we got Chris Jericho and MJF for the millionth time this weekend. It's only been, like, the third match they've had, but it feels like the millionth time. Obviously, this is it. We talked about it on the show last week, but the stipulation is amazing because if Jericho loses... He's got to join commentary, which means we're going to be rooting harder for Jericho to be winning this match than we ever had in their entire lives. I mean, he obviously has to win here. And if MJF wins, I think I might riot if I'm in the building that night because I just do not want to hear Jericho on Rampage commentary anymore. He's just not that good. So <clears throat> maybe that was done by design. Who knows? Him being annoying on purpose. That would be brilliant if so. But um, again, this has got to be win for Jericho, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be. Unfortunately, I think it is. I just... Well, yeah, a win for Jericho in the sense that, I, I, given the stipulation, it has to be a win for him, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I feel like they've just, this whole feud has just been a waste, and what what does it really do for MGF at the very end he loses? I mean, mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't think they booked it correctly. The whole five labors, they started off with a gunfight and ended with a... With a pillow fight, I just—I <laughs> feel like the last year MGF's just been wasted by Jericho. The whole feud has been terrible. The whole inner circle pinnacle stuff's kind of been just so random, and really hasn't done anything for anyone. I mean, Sammy Guevara not on the show. FTR has been hurt. Yeah, they're going. It seems like they're doing that tonight. But I mean, FTR is also teasing like they're like done with AEW after tonight. It seems like, or they might be doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, Warlow and Jake Hager like. The less of Jake Hager, the better Jake Hager. And it really has done a lot for Wardlaw. I mean, he lost to Jericho a few weeks ago. I mean, Sean Spears, who gives a shit. I, mean, <laughs> it just, I feel like they built, they had these two big factions and no one's really come out of it looking good. Yeah. And FTR has barely been on the show, which they should be on the show way more. But, you know, the Young Bucks aren't going to let that happen. So they're never on the show. Mm-hmm. And I like Santana Ortiz. I feel like they're never on the show. And Sammy's not on the show right now. Sean Spears, don't care about him. Wardlow should be more involved, but he's not. Hager's terrible. Jericho's doing pretty terrible work. And MGF's barely wrestled. And I just feel like no one's done better. And if MGF loses here, like, what's the point? Like, I get it. So then I went with Jericho. But he's going to, like, are they going to continue it? Or is he going to say, like, he's done with Jericho and Jericho beat him? Like, I don't really get it. If, like, I feel like MGF has to win here. To, like at least seem like he like he beat him two other times, okay, but he lost the last one. So, what like I don't know what that means. Yeah, I would rather see they should have done the fifth labor on the pay per view because I feel like they did the sh- they already did the match on TV two weeks ago. So to run it back two weeks later is weird. 
it's not going to be that much better of a match because there's no real other stipulation attached to it. It's not a no DQ match. It's not last man standing or I quit. It's a regular old singles match. And their last singles match wasn't very good, mostly because of Chris Jericho. It was decent, but Jericho is just not what he used to be. That's one thing. The second thing, I would rather have seen, like I said, the fifth labor on the pay-per-view, Jericho loses and goes away. I mean, don't you think with all these people coming in, Punk and Brian for sure, probably other people and the roster they already have, they don't need Jericho right now? I mean, honestly, can't he go away for like six months and it wouldn't really make much of a difference? It's more the fact that if you're going to have Jer- if the, it's more the fact that if you're going to have MJF lose one of the matches, it shouldn't be the last one. Yeah, I agree. If he's going to lose one of them, maybe you have him get screwed somehow and like Jericho fucking beats him dirty and then you're like, oh, well, he cheated beat me and that's the last one. And like you said, and then he can go away for a while. But I just feel like he loses here just like Jericho doesn't gain anything really because he's doing not the great work, not great work right now. And then if you have MGF lose, then what does it do from there? And then he's lost. He'll be another first time he's lost since he lost to Moxley and then he lost to Jericho who's been doing nothing. And then what do you do from the, with him from there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I just feel like if you have him lose here, then he'll get overshadowed by all the new people coming in, and then what? It just, I just don't get it. I don't know. I feel like stipulation-wise, Jericho needs to win, but I'm hoping that MGF wins here. And I mean, I just feel like Jericho's days on days in the ring are clearly numbered. He's not been doing the greatest work in the last year, and I think it would be way better if MGF won here than him losing to Jericho's because I feel like it would literally do nothing for him. Yeah, I'd rather see MJF win, especially if they're going to have him feud with like a Daniel Bryan at some point, Bryan Danielson, whatever, a punk. I mean, you can't really do those feuds if he's losing to Chris Jericho, who's 50-something years old. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's my point. I just feel like you can't lose a Jericho and then go on to something else. And then the stipulation makes it obvious that Jericho's winning, too. Isn't that a little weird? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, maybe Jericho realizes that he's just not what he used to be. Maybe he is satisfied with that and maybe I, I i find that hard to believe i mean that doesn't sound like jericho to me it sounds like he wants to wrestle till he's like 65 but that that's just the impression that i get yeah i don't know i, I just hope he doesn't lose here but like you <laughs> said I, I feel like it, it it is kind of like <clears throat> set that jericho will win and i'll be upset can we get the bo- best of both worlds and have mjf win but jericho doesn't join commentary he just goes away for a little while can that can we do that i mean we can do that i mean I don't mind if he's on commentary. I just watch it on mute. It's fine with me. <laughs> Dude, his Rampage commentary is awful. I'm sorry. I love Chris Jericho, but he is so bad now. He's so obnoxious. It's awful. It's it's just not good. We move along your AEW World Tag Team titles on the line. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Um, inside of a steel cage, no less. I think it's only the second steel cage match they've ever done after Cody and Wardlow a year and a half ago. Now, I'm looking forward to the match. I was surprised the Lucha Bros won last week. I thought for sure it would be Jurassic Express. It's a tough spot, dude. It's really tough because I love the Lucha Bros. How many times have we said they should have been tag team champions two fucking years ago? They really should have been the inaugural champs. I just don't want to see them win here. I really feel like it should be Santana and Ortiz. We're so close. They're doing the rematch tonight with FTR and and Santana and Ortiz. Have Santana and Ortiz win as I think they will and have them win the tag titles in New York City in a few weeks. Um, Lucha Bros winning would be awesome, don't get me wrong, but I really honestly want to see the Bucks retain somehow, because I feel like it might be a swerve, like, oh, it's a cage, no interference, but they find a way to win anyway, and then we get the title change in New York City. But th- that's the way that I want to see it play out. How about you? I mean, <laughs> hindsight now, it's just like they, the Lucha Brothers should have been the first champions. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know if they just didn't, obviously, they just didn't think of it at that point, but, like, them losing here, I just feel like just solidifies them as just fucking B-plus players. I mean, I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they should win at this point. Like you said, I think it should be either FTR or Santana Ortiz at this point, and I just, I like the Lucha Brothers. I just, it's just not them. It's not going to be them. It shouldn't be them, and they'll be in another big match for the Bucks, and they won't win, and They'll just keep doing flippity-dippities, and I guess we'll just have to try to care, I guess. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I feel like if this was any other team, people would be so upset that they haven't won anything, but I feel like these guys just kind of get treated a little bit differently. But, I mean, the cage is what it is. I, like you said, I think they'll probably Cutler or Nakazawa or someone will get involved and they'll win, but I, I just I like Lucha Rose. I, just, I, I agree with you. I just don't think they'll win, and I would save the win for with Ortiz and Santana, but 
I just feel like it makes it doesn't really do much for the Bucks, and I just don't think it makes Lucha Brothers look good at all. But no, it's the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a weird thing because I really don't want them to suffer another loss, but I really want Santana and Ortiz to win the belt. So it's a tough spot, dude. But I'm gonna go Bucks here. I think Bucks retain, and then Santana and Ortiz. Hopefully, could you imagine if they if they won here, and then the Bucks like they don't do Santana and Ortiz, and we just get the Bucks as champion for like another six months? Could you imagine? At this point, that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> Time will tell. CM Punk, Darby Allen, and Punk's return to the ring. This is a slam dunk win for Punk, right? I mean, listen. Allen not only needs to go over, I think he's gaining something just by being in the ring with Punk. I mean, obviously, if he continues to lose from this point forward, that's a problem, but I think they have a match. Allen, I think Allen's going to carry Punk. Punk, we haven't seen wrestle in over seven and a half years. So, I think this is going to be all Allen here, and I think Punk's will do, Punk will do fine. I think this is going to be mostly a Darby Allen show-stealing performance. We get a good, you know, fun match here. Darby Allen loses, Punk shakes his hand, and that's that. So uh, what are your thoughts in the match, dude? I, I think Punk wins, but what are you expecting here from Punk's return to the ring for the first time in seven years? I think Punk wins. I mean, I think I mean I saw people online. Well, at least Punk's coming back to put him over. I'm like, I just don't what think you, that's gonna. What what smoker? What, what fucking weed are you smoking? What crack are you smoking? I I saw plenty of people saying that. They're like, oh my god, I can't believe Becky buried Bianca. Wait till Punk puts over Darby. I'm like, dude, that is not gonna happen. <laughs> it like, shouldn't happen though. I don't think. What are you smoking? That is not going to happen. But no, I think I think I'm honestly more interested to see like how Punk does in the ring for being out for so long. Yep. I just I think that's more of what I'm looking for. Like I so said, I think Darby will probably do most of the work just because he's more been in the ring more recently. But like you said, I think him just being in the ring of Punk just kind of like solidifies him as a bigger deal. I mean, I don't think he needs to win. I think he can be pretty close, but Punk just beats him. But I just don't think they're going to punk out of the ring for seven years just to lose to Darby Allen. Yeah, it'd be a humongous rub for Darby, but I just feel like it make Punk look bad, but it is what it is. Yeah, I know Punk's been out of the ring for seven years, but if you really want to build Punk up as a big deal, and for the people that aren't overly aware of Punk from uh, you know his days in WWE, you got to have him win here. There's no way you have him lose. I mean, for people that weren't watching Punk ten years ago, and you know those people exist... You gotta make him. You gotta put him over as a main event player. You can't bring him in to lose. What is a sting from WrestleMania 31? I just don't think that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I got Punk winning here as well after a hard fought match. Punk wins. Like you said, I'm more excited. I think the match should be good if Punk can hold his own and he's actually further along in his like wrestling development and getting his mojo back than I am expecting him to be. Um, I'm looking forward to a fun match, but more so to see how Punk does. And if he doesn't have a great performance here, I think he could work his way back into being very good. So time will tell, but I'm very excited for this match. And then when we get to what I think is going to be the main event, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought Punk and Allen might... I th- so I thought Omega and Christian was going on last. Punk and Allen is announced. I'm like, okay, that's going to be the main event. But then Tony Khan is making it sound like, in all these interviews and whatever, that... Cage and Omega is probably going on last. Because you got to remember, too, double or nothing, Omega did not go on last, nor should he have, because he faced Orange Cassidy and Pac. Um, but you can't go two straight pay-per-views without your top title being defended in the main event, no matter the circumstances. I know we just saw the match recently. It was a great match. We know Christian's not winning. I'm not a big fan of this going on last, but something has to happen afterwards. So clearly it's a win for Omega. Your thoughts on this being the main event, dude? Do you expect it to be the main event? And do you expect anything to happen afterward as well? Um, I mean, it shouldn't be the main event. I mean, this has been extremely, like, it is what it is. I guess it's filler, I would say. I mean, obviously, we want Paige and Omega. I just, I mean, if it goes on last, something big will happen, but I just, I mean, if it's, like, a Daniel Bryan debuting or, like, an Adam Cole, like, it's cool and all, but, like, I feel like then that day, that person would have to be the one that beat Omega, which I don't think should be happening. Mm-hmm. So... Because then if you have, like, a Brian Danielson come in or Cole come in and they lose Omega, I mean, <laughs> I just don't think it would look right. I mean, I think whoever is, like, the next big, like, oh, I think Hangman has to be the one to beat him. I just, it just is what it is. And anything else, I mean, I don't think Brian's coming in the job to Kenny Omega. I just don't think that's happening. Or Cole, I don't think you'd bring him in to lose. I just, I think people feel to realize, yeah, these people might be a big deal, but you're bringing them in to be big time players. They can't just fucking be losing every time they come in. So punk. Yeah. I understand like him be- being in the ring with Darby Allen. That's putting more on Darby Allen. Like if you just have him have a great match and come up short. Hey, it's, it's like losing to 
a boxing match with Muhammad Ali in his heyday. Like, yep. yeah, you lost, but I mean, you were in with Muhammad Ali. I mean, you were hang, you hung with them, so yep. at least it's something like that. But with someone like Brian, who's very established, someone like M. Cool is very established. You need them to win to solidify another big time player. And having them come in to lose Omega, I just don't think you're it just winning because then you just lost. You just lost a Christian. So like you're saying, like, yeah, he lost a Christian once, but then he's just beating other people. Don't think so. I think Darby and Punk should be the main event. I think that'll probably be the best match. So mm-hmm. I put on last. I think, I think that's what you should do. But like you said, I think they they might have to put the title match on last just because they haven't done it recently. Yeah, we'll see. I'm expecting the title match to be on last. Even Brian Danielson showing up would be awesome. But uh, yeah, like you said, is that set up a feature match or is it later on the road? Maybe they could set it up for after Page hopefully takes the belt from Omega. I mean, when Page shows up, do you expect him to pick up where he left off? Is he still going to be hot or what are you expecting here? No, he'll be he'll be a white hot still. I think he will be. It'll be Adam Page who when he shows up. <laughs> it's gonna be all about Punk and Brian. They'll, they'll, they'll go nuts. Uh, well, I, I kid, I kid. All these other new people, and he's kind of just like the leftovers, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure he'll be fine. But I'm looking forward to Sunday, Mr. Marceau. This has been great. We'll talk all about all out next weekend here, or next Thursday, right here on the show. Have an awesome, Mr. Marceau. Enjoy the weekend. I'll catch you rest down the road, brother. Later.